Hello and thank you so much for tuning into the Education Burrito, podcast that unwraps the everyday challenges in learning and teaching in education, exploring the ins and outs and highs and lows and different pedagogy approaches, enhancing student engagement amongst everything in education. My name is Q Sum and each episode I'll be joined by special guests as we unwrap the Education Burrito. Welcome back to another Education Burrito episode. Today, I'm joined by someone who works in the heart of learning and teaching in an institution, an area where both staff and students need during their time of studying or working at a university, a place where you often find endless knowledge and wisdom, and perhaps the odd treasure hidden in the shelves. On the other hand, my guests also support colleagues to do fun and interesting things with computers. But most importantly, in this episode, they'll be sharing their expertise on how to make things go viral, something that we perhaps are all in awe about. So can you guess who's joining me today? It's a fantastic Ariel Redman. Ariel, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for letting me join you. That's okay. How are you feeling? Feeling very excited, actually, to be uh, here with you. So yeah, let's get stuck in. Perfect. So for our listeners who don't know you very much and for myself also, could you perhaps just give an overview of what is it that you do? Yep. So I work in the library at the University of York as part of the teaching and learning team. So we're responsible for digital skills training and development for staff, for students, for researchers. So we offer everything from one-to-one support. And then we also offer things like support with digital transformation and outreach and things like that. It's a wonderfully varied role, but we have a heavy focus on being creative with the ways that we promote these things and how we engage people. Mm. I think everyone needs librarians or or that team in university. I feel like they're very knowledgeable every time I go to them. They always seem to know everything before I even open my mouth. <laughs> yeah, they're very impressive people generally. <laughs> Too impressive sometimes, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there's this reputation where librarians can be quite daunting people to talk to because they seem so intelligent and uh, almost way ahead of anyone who might want to come and speak to them. But that's so often not the case. I don't think I've actually met any librarians, uh, certainly not at York, who have that kind of daunting, imposing sort of uh, atmosphere around them. They're all super lovely and just want to help people. So we're constantly trying to break down those barriers between us and students and staff who might otherwise be able to talk to us and learn so much more and find just easier ways of working, which is at the end of the day, what we want for people. Mm, exactly. And yeah, really, really good. And um, so Ariel, in this day and age, we are constantly you know, surrounded by different types of social media, from broadcasters, you know, print media, the outdoor or out of home media, and of course, the internet. And I'm sure we all know that the purpose of these media outlets is to keep us connected, you know, spur those conversations or, or those businesses, but also to spread the news in the most efficient and effective way. And, and of course, give us or give those voice to the voiceless. So, of course, there are emojis. Now, people are very familiar with those random um, cartoon images. There are bitmojis, which are a bit more personalized. There are GIFs, there are moving things around, which sometimes give me personally a, a headache of just looking at them. And then there are memes. So, to me, at times, memes can be rather random. Um, I... I get confused of them. It takes me a good time to really understand what memes are. But perhaps can you share with us what exactly is a meme? 
Yes, it's a good question because a lot of people use the word meme but don't necessarily understand sort of where it's come from or what it really means in sort of the modern day. So the word meme comes from the Greek word which has also given us the word mimic. So a meme is just basically anything that is mimicked and repeated and ultimately shared really widely. So anything that goes viral online is a meme, whether it's a video, whether it's a image, whether it's um, an activity that people do, um, everything from things like the ice bucket challenge that really was a meme, actually, because it was shared so widely to images and things like that. So what the modern word meme really is used for is for an image combined with text. So it's, it's most often something that is funny, something that is just easily shared at the click of a button and something that can be reused and reformatted uh, for different purposes. And it's something that is fun, just fun. Um, and that's why people really generally want to share it. Mm-hmm. So basically, in summary, you're the meme from my understanding just now is that it reflects the culture on and the society in today's world. Would you say that's correct? Yes, absolutely. So memes have a lifespan and that's generally very short because culture is forever changing and developing, certainly the culture that is online. So this means that a meme normally is considered really old after a couple of weeks, after a month maybe, uh, and that's when it's considered what they call a dead meme, which is something that then becomes cringeworthy. So it becomes sort of a historical representation of the culture from a month ago, which is quite bizarre, but that's sort of how internet culture develops really. Uh, I suppose it's akin to when you look at a picture of yourself from 10 years ago and you think, oh no, why did I have that haircut? Uh, And it seems to be that same level of cringeworthiness, which is really what people on the internet see if they see an old meme format. But that makes it very much a very present uh, representation of what is happening at that moment in society. So it makes it quite an interesting thing, really. So memes generally have a short lifespan so would you say in 2021 because I think that's what that's the year we're in currently I feel like somehow my mind is still like 2019 <laughs> or 2020 yeah it does feel that 2021 way. is still yeah missed out what would you say that are the current trends of memes in 2021 um or what has been the trends yeah so it's tricky I mean what you can do online is you can find sort of meme calendars that sort of give you the biggest, most popular uh, meme image of the week for every week um, in a year, for example. And uh, and it seems to be that there's a trend now of kind of emerging from the pandemic. So there's a lot of uh, commentary on what it, that, what's that's like. So things like going back to lectures in real life going back to the office in real life but honestly memes will continue to be referring to things that are happening across the world at any given time but certainly the more recent things certainly in my immediate sphere and culture um, are things like what's happening now that things are starting to go back to normal in inverted commas (laughs) what is normal that's the question that's a whole other podcast I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yes yes so I I'm intrigued because I can't imagine the work that you've kind of the background you have and then 
you're kind of building your work in terms of the, uh, the digital skills and do it. How did you first got involved into this kind of work in terms of bringing the digital side into your past librarian background slash everything else? Yeah, so good question, really. Um, so when I first left university, I went into technology enhanced learning uh, and worked with teams who were trying to use sort of digital transformation to um, enhance the way that they teach in higher education. Um, and that gave me a really good basis in kind of that pedagogy and also seeing the value of digital in the classroom, uh, but digital being used to enhance learning rather than just as a um, sort of a fad uh, or a craze just to kind of use digital for the sake of it. Um, and I really enjoyed that pedagogy side. So then I went into to teacher training, became a secondary school teacher for a few years, did that. And then I saw this job come up at the University of York and I thought, I tell you what I see a lack of in schools, the opportunity to be creative and the opportunity to learn digital skills, which are actually really practical and useful for day-to-day -day life, whether you are a researcher, whether you're just working your day-to-day -day job, whatever kind of job you have, it's really important nowadays to have some kind of digital skills and just be kind of confident when approaching something in technology. It, it became quite a passion of mine to try and encourage digital skills uh, development. And what I really love about my team is that we have this vision, which is just really I think sums it up really nicely. So it's a culture of digital curiosity, making the perceived impossible possible. So with that, it's all about just encouraging people to try things when it comes to digital, because if you try things, even if you make mistakes, again, in inverted commas, <laughs> that actually you can learn from that. And often when you make what often people call a mistake, when you're using a computer in some way, actually what happens is you learn something about what other things that piece of technology is capable of. Um, so you might not do something the way that you wanted to do it, but you can still learn another thing that you could maybe do further down the line. So really, when it comes to digital skills, it seems to me that to become competent, to become confident and, and really digital skills really empower people in what they do because I think if you lack digital skills or just confidence in that area actually technology can be really stressful to you to me technology is just this huge opportunity and it's not going away and yes there are downsides to technology there's no escaping that but if we try and focus on it positively if we work hard on educating students before they enter society or people who are already in sort of society that graduate society then actually we have a much better chance of making technology better for everyone so it makes sense to me that digital skills should have a huge focus and um, not even thinking about things like just all the things that you can do in research if you understand all these different ways that you can use technology to analyze data, things like that. So I think that digital skills have huge amounts of value because I've seen I've seen what what they can do for people. Just the joy that comes with being curious about these sorts of things. You know, curiosity is such a great driver to learn anything. So that's why we focus a lot, I think, on things like digital creativity. So creativity, like building a meme, you know, those sorts of things that 
can be enjoyable. That makes memes and digital skills more enjoyable and you're more likely to just want to learn more. So enjoy one thing leads you to another thing, doesn't it? So that that's really where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I, it's, it's interesting to hear your story, actually, of how it kind of fell into this area after yeah very much after your, your study yeah it's like you fell into it because you were curious of what you want to find out and that's that's okay that's normal I think from anyone out of you know after having studied you would want to know more find out more how you would fit in into into the world but actually you've kind of identified how your skills your passion in terms of the creative side and then bringing it into the digital skills, especially in today's society, is kind of becoming your strength to help others, to help staff and students in what they're doing um, during you know, their learning and teaching. And you've mentioned one thing that <laughs> was that um, digital skills can make you stressful. I completely understand. I'm like thinking, sitting here, I'm hoping this podcast will go okay, right? Just hoping the Wi-Fi will be okay, uh, the connection will be okay, the recording will be okay. There's so many things running through my mind, but I get your digital skills. It's, um, it's a lot to take in, I think. It's not just purely using technology for us to communicate and to share our ideas and engage with one another, but there are just other things that we have to learn to get to where we are today. So I'm interested to going back to the memes because that's kind of the topic we're, we're on today. What influences your work or how did you start by doing memes all of a sudden? Did you, for example, woke, woke up one day and went to work and to your colleague say, today we are going to use memes? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't actually too far from that. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have this, this whole series called Digital Wednesdays. So Wednesday afternoons, you can either go to your sports society or other society, um, or you can come and learn digital tools with us. Um, and every Wednesday we try and do something that is creative, which offers you the opportunity to learn a new tool, but also um, just have a bit of fun, really. And we were talking about what we should do for our upcoming series because um, we like to put a, a new program in um, every term. And uh, we were talking about creating a program where every Wednesday you leave that session having created something. So you kind of have that take home digital artifact if you will so things that we came up with were things like creating a video creating a game creating a digital self-portrait and also creating a meme because I am just a huge fan of memes <laughs> I love them I think they're so interesting in so many ways and I was just delighted that my team agreed that memes are something worth exploring because the whole concept of the session is this whole idea of making information viral. So research has to show its impact in the modern day. Um, you have to be able to communicate your research with an audience. And uh, what we really wanted to do was explore different modes that you can do that. So whether it is actually through an interactive game, you can actually learn a lot through games, or whether it, it's through an image combined with text in the form of a meme, which is just so easy to spread and share um, and get out to a specific audience if you do a good job. So that's really where the meme idea came from, because we wanted to support researchers with communicating messages, but also because it's just a really fun way to learn about things like photo editing. And also it involves information literacy quite a lot as well, because you have to think about how you're communicating your, your big idea in a very small amount of words. So it, it really 
it's about again learning that technique behind communicating in that fashion so in much the way that essays uh, that are successful are always structured in the exact same way uh, they mimic this format all means mimic a certain format certainly the successful ones do because there's that element of familiarity with them as well as that uh, interest in whether it's something that you understand uh, whether it's something that you need to go up and uh, go away and look up um, things like that that I think memes are really interesting for so with the constant research that's being done about how important digital skills are for um, employees and organizations uh, I think that just any way to expand and broaden the horizons of students and even staff and things like that it's just a really good opportunity I think to look at different tools things that are even free freely available online things like that uh, and just again it, it all comes back to just promoting that curiosity and innovating with with that knowledge that you have mm-hmm. and I quite like the idea you've mentioned about having a digital Wednesday and give it the choice for people to either join a society to join a sports club or to come to you and learn something new now using the digital skills so when you have these sessions, is it just for students or is it staff or is it who comes to these sessions that you have? So the sessions are open to um, staff, students, researchers, everyone at the university. And we sometimes talk about opening them a little bit wider to the public because we'd love to do something like that. But, uh, you know, we always have a limit on places. So it's tricky. But Yeah, we just love opening it to as many people as possible, because what we find is that the tools that we promote are available to everyone. Uh, Why not open the sessions to everyone? Because then everyone has access to that information and can decide whether or not it's relevant to them or whether or not whether or not it might be relevant one day. So it's open to everyone, really. Mm-hmm. And do you find that there, there's more students who attend those sessions or is it staff who, who just want to have fun and, <laughs> and learn other things other than marking and teaching? Yeah, well, um, it's mostly students because too many staff don't have enough time for these sorts of fun sort of personal development opportunities. But we do often get staff who then come back to us and sort of feedback and say how useful it's been to have that space to actually think about different ways that you can use technology and different ways that you can communicate ideas uh, and how actually whether or not they might go away and actually create a meme for their team or department uh, or wider audiences, they do appreciate the skills and the curiosity that it instills in them. So sadly, there's not enough time for all staff to come to our sessions, but we do get a lot of students. So that's fine. No, that's great. And do you hear stories on, on how they implemented memes or those digital skills techniques in their learning and teaching practices? So we've heard a few stories, but not many, because often people will come to one of our sessions, we'll get that kind of initial feedback, but then we probably don't hear from them again unless they come to a later session. And that's been made more difficult while we've been online because you don't recognise the same faces on zoom because everyone has their camera switched off (laughs) so um so yeah so we don't get that much feedback but we have had a lot of staff come to specifically the meme session and feedback that they have loved then going away and creating memes on their twitter feed for students who have apparently very much enjoyed them so fewer fewer tales from students exactly but you know 
the the imagination runs wild with the amazing impact that's probably happened from students on this session. And that, that's brilliant to hear. If we're thinking a bit more wider in terms of not just meme, but using digital skills, and I think that's kind of an important aspect here. Have you seen in your work that students and staff are being more competent in their digital skills, especially during times now when we are in this pandemic and things have moved from in-person teaching and learning or meetings to like hybrid blended in-person type in terms of engagement do you find that there is this does it make your job easier (laughs) or not (laughs) actually it has made it easier in a lot of ways so has been a lot more demand for support and help with all of these things there's been just a much greater appreciation for what the digital realm can offer people so Things like just when uh, when Zoom started being used more often, you know, it was it was that it was as a result of the pandemic where the only way you can see somebody else's face while you're talking to them is through a video call. And people were initially, you know, pretty much mutually stressed out throughout the whole university that this was the new way of working. Obviously, there were other stressful things and you know, Zoom was just one of them. But when people figured out that actually they could learn these things and actually not every tool was that complex, uh, even if it has a completely foreign looking interface that you've never used before, just then being able to see the benefits of that in your own working day has meant that actually we've seen a much higher take up of a lot of our digital skills training and a lot more positivity and appreciation for when we've helped people out on that one-to-one basis. So it's been a lot busier for us, but busy is good. And it's been generally very positive from the way that people have been uh, enjoying using these digital tools and saying that they maybe hated a certain tool at the start of the pandemic, but then they realized actually, this is a great way to work and saves them a lot of time. And we're always wanting to help save people time on those things that shouldn't be taking so long. So overall, it's been really good. Yeah, that's that's fantastic to hear. And I think people really appreciate that the work that you do and your team you know, does in terms of supporting whether staff or students in their learning. I think people would just be more aware that you are there on campus or, or they're accessible um, and not just someone who they feel like. Yeah yeah I have a problem with my computer can you fix it for Mm. me it's you are there to develop the skills and learning Um, and I think hopefully that's make your you and your team much more easier in terms of identifying those needs rather than not knowing what are their needs as well yeah definitely I think more people have come to us with sort of wider problems that that they realize there is actually probably a technical solution for that which will make their lives easier um, rather than just kind of continuing with this terribly manual process. Uh, we just had a lot more consultation cases, really, um, which is just better for everyone. So it's, it's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. In terms of means, in summary, or give a brief answer, um, how would one create a meme if they are interested? So do I come up with a, a concept first? Do I come up with a, a photo that's widely used at the moment or do I just come up with a brand new image that I feel is appropriate so you could do any of the above but personally 
I feel like the easiest way to create a meme is to search online for a meme template. So one of the kind of popular uh, meme images that you can use uh, and then see what, what kinds of ways people use that. And then you just kind of mimic that way of speaking, but insert your own idea. So you can see online, um, I don't know, Kermit the Frog. There's always some kind of meme image that uses Kermit the Frog. There are old memes, there are new memes. He's always in them for some reason. <laughs> and um, so you could maybe use a Kermit the Frog image, but as long as you use the right way of communicating, the sort of right type of wording, then you can actually just insert something like a key message that you have learned in your own life or in your own research and try and make it funny or the image will make it funny for you um, which is the kind of joy of memes really is that you can say something very serious and combine it with an amusing image and that somehow makes it quite funny but essentially to create a meme just mimic just mimic what somebody else has done online the best meme makers look at a lot of memes. It's the same as anything. The best filmmakers watch a lot of films. Uh, you know, it's about knowing the craft, really. But, you know, start start from square one, which is where all meme creators start. Um, and, and, you know, the more you do it, the more you'll find your own style, your own voice. It's, it's an art form. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that complicated. It feels like... It <laughs> Well, yeah, I was, I was just thinking perhaps some people might not mm. feel so creative, so they'll spend a lot more time that is needed to come up with a, a few words to match with a, yeah. an image and then fingers crossed, making sure it's not going to fail. How, do you, how would you know if it's going to fail or not for a meme? So the, the strange thing is, is that sometimes the funniest memes are the ones that don't work as your common kind of meme so failure is I think just when it falls really really flat and isn't even kind of ironically funny but I think I think the key to a meme is just to have fun with it if you think it's quite fun and has a potential to be seen as funny by other people or just the opportunity to kind of connect with other people um, then probably your meme will succeed and you know test it out on your friends but, but a meme really shouldn't be complicated. I mean, I love memes. So, you know, I've seen lots of good memes, some average memes, things like that. But, but really, you can't go wrong if you use a funny picture, because at the very least, people will laugh at the picture. Yes, yes. And you've previously spoken about the benefits of for creating memes, not only developing uh, the individual's digital skills, but it's more about being aware of the current culture and the society but how about on the flip side what are the risks that can potentially bring into this whole educational space in in using memes if we are using memes too often which I don't think people are at the moment <laughs> well are they <laughs> if you're using memes a lot talk to me <laughs> I want to know <laughs> basically I think so I think that the the most dangerous thing about memes is just the way that memes have to be on the internet. So whether you're sort of accessing memes online, whether you're viewing them or whether you're uploading them, the only way that they can be shared that widely is through the internet or through 
a connected device, uh, whether it's, you know, sent through a messaging app or something. And I think that with that comes all the risks of the internet. Uh, Tim Berners-Lee, the man who created the internet, wanted it to become this knowledge utopia. And I believe that memes can contribute to that because you can learn a lot from memes. But there's always going to be something that uh, is not very nice on the internet that you will eventually see if you scroll for long enough. And that is, I think, the biggest risk because that includes all sorts of negative ideas that you might never have wanted to even consider. But also, you know, even things like if you log onto a social media site that you know, creates risk for you in terms of everything from cybersecurity and personal data theft and all of those things. But, you know, if you know about those things to the extent where you can keep yourself relatively protected while you're browsing online, I think that the benefits of memes, just because, you know, you feel connected with other people, you can actually learn a lot about other people's ideas and how they might express them in different and creative ways. Um, you know, all of those things, meeting new people, wider audiences that you can communicate with and learn about, those sorts of things can really make you feel quite included. And there, there are a lot of benefits there that, that probably outweigh the risks, though it does depend a little bit on how confident you are in using things like the internet um, and, and browsing online. I think the other negative aspect of memes, to be totally frank, is that memes can be exclusive. So memes can be wonderful if you understand them and if you find them funny and you see them all the time and you're constantly thinking, wow, I am part of this online dialogue. But actually, if you don't understand memes, if image and text doesn't do anything for you and some people, it just doesn't seem to click for them, then you can feel like a spare part. You can feel like you're not involved in this online dialogue, which can actually be quite harmful. So I think it's worth bearing that in mind when you're creating a meme that you won't reach everybody. So maybe you're creating a meme, which is very niche. So there's um, a really funny website online. I'm not a marine biologist whatsoever, but I follow this marine biologist like meme creation blog and their posts are just hilarious. And I've learned quite a lot about marine biology through this blog that just constantly posts memes. Um, but if, you, um, if you're posting that thinking, yes, this is the niche audience for people who are in some way interested in marine biology, then you're going to have to know that that won't reach everyone who is interested in marine biology. So you're not going to be able to reach 100% of the potential audience that might be out there. But that's par for the course anyway, because not everybody engages with the internet and sometimes with good reason. So it's just worth, I think, being aware of these things. You know, there are ethics that come into play with memes when it comes to things like what are you saying and what image are you using and who does it belong to? All of those sorts of things have an impact. But if you're just having a bit of fun, communicating an idea, learning how to use image editing software, learning about your audience and trying to communicate something that's relevant to your culture in that very moment, then memes are actually a really great thing and you can't go far wrong with them. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting you've mentioned a couple of things in terms of one, it can educate others uh, on a specific topic, but at the same time, it can be quite inclusive in terms of engaging those who don't particularly feel part of a group and you try to reach out to them using this meme and this 
this funny aspect um, to hook them in. But actually, you've also mentioned on how you can't fail. <laughs> I feel like you can't fail because you can. There's so many interpretations that could somewhat be interpreted of a meme. Perhaps uh, individual A will look at it from angle and from this angle, but then someone else will look at this angle, and then a potentially a new discussion or project an idea will come from that so yeah exactly yeah this it feels like to me perhaps others might di- disagree but it's like <laughs> meme is a good thing it seems like a good thing to to embed in our practice but not to overuse it as such yeah absolutely and and the whole key of this is to um you know to vary your digital skills to vary the things that you use and engage with so memes are one great aspect where you can learn digital skills where you can just look at them online and have a laugh and maybe learn something um but they are just one one thing uh, so by all means engage with memes do you know i love memes but there are other things out there as well which can be really useful to learn about and really useful to engage with and and you can learn a lot from mm, definitely i think looking ahead into the future then how do you think meme will evolve in higher education or will it or not do you think i, I don't know what, what what's your insight well one of the things that interests me actually is because memes this you know so in our meme session we talk about how different generations and different demographics kind of structure their memes in a different way and how you structure your meme can affect what age group and demographic will read yours and engage with it i'm really interested to see how educators uh, of a certain generation kind of rise up and maybe use memes in certain formats uh, with the people they are educating so whether or not um, you know certain images will be still used in uh, 10 years time when current teenagers are, are teaching the next generation things like that it'd be really interesting to see how memes are continually used actually in education as well as kind of the wider wider world because I don't think memes are going away They've been with us since, well, for a long time now, for about 20 years um, on the internet. So I think that actually they'll probably just grow and grow and become more and more popular. And of course, um, it all comes down to digital creativity. And digital creativity is really in its infancy in a lot of ways, because I feel that historically um, a tool has been used for what the tool has been purposely built for and what everyone has been told that tool is for whereas digital creativity kind of expands on that and says yes you can use it in that way but you can also use it in many other ways if you just think a little bit outside the box and I think that thinking outside the box is becoming more and more valued in a lot of organizations um, that, that really want to become kind of sector leaders uh, and really want to innovate in that industry so I think that's um, how memes will evolve. Well, that's just one way that you can be creative, be curious, promote curiosity and communicate in different ways. And it just really promotes thinking outside the box. So I think that memes will be part of the future of education because they are something that will just become more and more popular, a way of communicating, a way of being creative and that's what employers want and whenever there's a demand for that there will always be a need for that to be represented in education well 
great. Well, let's end with a fun part then in terms of a quick short firing round for our listeners and for myself to know you a bit more. These are just, just random questions about you. Um, are you ready, Ariel? I am ready. <laughs> great. What's your favourite meme? Oh, my favourite meme. Um, I mean, I do really enjoy um, the the boyfriend one where he's got like the, the girlfriend and uh, he's like looking back. That's like one of the eternal meme formats, which is just, you know, uh, it will always be fun. Of course. Tea or coffee? Uh, tea. Earl Grey tea. Mm. What's your favourite movie? Oh, I really like The Prestige. That's a very good one. Okay, what's the last fiction book you read? Oh, um, what was it? It was, um, oh, this is hard. I read all the time. Oh, uh, it was the it was the Grisha universe. It was um, uh, the, the Six of Crows. Okay. If memes are not available, would you prefer emojis, bitmojis or GIFs? Uh, I choose GIFs a lot. Yeah. What, why is that? Uh, because there's something in a small motion clip which can convey an emotion that I feel is greater than an emoji. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, what do you do to recharge your energy after a long, stressful day of work? Uh, video games. Any particular video games? Uh, any RPG. Oh, wow, I'm never taking you for that. For that. Um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's your favourite music genre? Um, it would probably be um, indie. Mm-hmm. What would be your alternative career that you secretly wish you had but never actually pursued? Uh, probably artist. <laughs> okay. Uh, as in painter or a music artist or? Um, painter. Painter. That's what I'd be. Or a sculptor. Okay. And finally then, because our podcast is called The Education Burrito, what's your favourite burrito feelings? Oh, oh, I have it with everything, um, but anything with jalapenos in, that makes everything better. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for in this episode. If our listeners want to find out more about what you do, how can they do so? Uh, the best way is probably to get in touch with it-training at york.ac.uk. Great. And again, a big, massive thank you to you, Aria Redman, for sharing with us your work in creating memes to build digital skills. Thanks so much for having me. It's been very fun. Thank you so much for your time and tuning into the Education Burrito. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening on and be sure to like it and share it on social media, tagging us at the hashtag the Education Burrito. If you have enjoyed our chat today and fancy coming onto the show, no matter as a student or member of staff, do drop us a message as we unwrap learning and teaching in the education burrito.